Here we are, 2022. Not only 2022, we're 10 days in to 2022. And I know what you've been saying. We're going to wait until the new year to get all these things done. Let's get through the holidays. Let's get through the holidays. Well, here we are. It's a brand new year. It's time to dig out those old contracts. Look and see how much longer you have to deal with your corporate company who comes in and does your dish machine. You to keep paying them high costs. You know what? Now is the time to identify when that is to give Jason Ellis over at SuperSource a call. Now is the time to look at your Lennon contract to identify how much longer I have to deal with these jokers coming in and never leaving me enough Lennons or hey, I'll come back later. Oh, I promise I'll take care of it. You need to work with professionals. You need to work with people who are local and regional, and that's why Cytex is here for you too. We've got four companies we're gonna tell you about today that these are the companies you need to be using. You wanna be successful, you wanna be more profitable. Cytex and SuperSource are two companies you need to call today. Go to our website, nashvillerestaurantradio.com. Click the Sponsors tab and you will find a link to both Cytex and SuperSource. Give them a call today. They can help you. They can answer any questions you might have. Start 2022 off on a profitable note and call SuperSource and Cytex today. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. I am joined today on today's episode with Jen Ichikawa, and I am so excited to have her here in 2022, and I want to say thank you, a heartfelt thank you for all of the kind notes um, that were sent to me uh, about our last episode, and I wanted to say I thought Jen did just such an amazing job. Uh, her, her comments, everything she did in that episode was really, really good. But I would just appreciate the support from everybody out there. I'm excited to do our next episode in February. But today, today we are talking with Caroline Galzen. She is the owner at Nikki's Coal Fired and Nikki's Coal Fired Bagels. She is a uh, she's an amazing person, amazing human, and uh, we talk about her a lot on this show. And today she joins us from Orange Beach, Alabama, where her and her husband are quarantining safely. And... Um, we get to get caught up. Uh, last time we talked was on July the 5th, 2020, smack dab in the middle of the first wave of this crazy pandemic. And now we are uh, just catching up all of the things that she's been up to and uh, all the innovation. I, I just feel like they are some of the people who are really intentional with everything that they do. And I love picking her brain because she just thinks of things. She's one of those people who's thinking six months ahead all the time. And I just love that. I, I do. I try and do the same thing. I think she is like above all in just how far ahead she's able to see what's going to happen and just has a plan for it. And um, I'm such an honor to have her on the show today. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. Hey, if 2022, here we go. If you will do us a favor, we would love for you to tell your friends about us. 
if you listen to this podcast, tell somebody. We would love the the word of mouth. We don't do a ton of advertising around here. Uh, it is all about you telling somebody, hey, I really dig this show, and let somebody else know. Uh, if you like the show, follow us on Instagram at Nashville underscore restaurant underscore radio, or follow me on Instagram. That's Brandon underscore NRR. We also have Jen Ichikawa underscore NRR. And we are also on Twitter. We are on Facebook and TikTok. Man, we had a video on TikTok that we filmed at the restaurant. It's got like over 600,000 views. It's absolutely insane. Uh, Jules filling up a water <laughs> out of the uh, coffee machine, which was totally fun to film. And uh, we're always thinking about more ideas. Moving into a studio in February, we've got lots of cool things going on. So... Uh, without further ado, we're just going to jump right in today on a Monday with Caroline Galzen. All right, we are super excited today to welcome in Caroline Galzen. How you doing, Caroline? I'm good. I'm good. Ha- Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How is the New Year treating you so far? Well, let's see. My New Year promptly started with a COVID quarantine. Um, Ooh. So I am in COVID quarantine currently, um, but I'm not sick at all. Um, Tony's been a little sick, but uh, today is should be the last day of our quarantine. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, and we actually just came down to our family house in Alabama because we got tired of looking at the same four walls in Nashville. So we figured we'd look at different walls in a different state. <laughs> nice. Well, so you're essentially at the beach? Uh, I'm at the beach, but it's definitely um, not what one would typically hope for out of a beach experience. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Geographically, I'm at the beach. Mentally, nowhere near the beach. <laughs> okay, so help me envision, because in Nashville, we just had like seven inches of snow. Yes. And it's currently 54 degrees and pouring rain. What are you experiencing in Alabama? Well, it is a beautiful day and it is 70 degrees here in Orange Beach. So Mm -hmm. definitely have that going for me. Mm -hmm. Well, I yeah, I'm going to St. Martin next week. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, amazing. Good for you. We had, speaking of COVID quarantine, my wife, uh, her father got sick and we had to cancel our trip for her 40th birthday in August. So we rescheduled for this week. I think everybody out there is having COVID issues like this, this Omicron variant. We had to close our restaurant for four days, missing New Year's Eve service. Um, and and every we have like a dozen people come back from the holidays with just like, oh, yeah, I have this this COVID. Now parents have it. I have it. Everybody's got it. Did you have you guys had to close your restaurant at all? We had to close on Tuesday. Um, which is normally when we do our big like $10 pizza night. Um, And then we had to close on Thursday and Friday for the snow. Um, And we had a really great private event this week. Um, We hosted um, Bobby Bones and his wife, Caitlin, for Caitlin's surprise 30th birthday party on Wednesday. Um, So it was a little bit of um, nail biting to try to get through that event. It was like, if we only do one thing this week, please, God, make sure we don't have to cancel this event. And fortunately, we didn't. It was 
the only day during the week that we were able to stay open. And Tony and I couldn't be there, but our team absolutely knocked it out of the park and did a great job. And I think they have a lot of fun. So that, that worked out in our favor. Um, but fortunately, no, we haven't had to close otherwise. And, you know, it's just kind of day by day right now. It's, it's at a point where I feel like I can't get worked up or stressed about it. You just have to roll with it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, it's really a everybody mask up. I think that there's a weird responsibility that people have if you work in restaurants. When you go home, like right now with this variant being so strong, it's almost like, hey, look, we're going to close for a week and we're going to have a big COVID party. Everybody come get it and then we'll yeah. all come back to work. I mean, because yeah. it's just basically like a head cold now, right? It's not like the worst thing. It's not like people are dying. People have been vaccinated. and Or when you leave work, Try not to go places that, you know, not wearing a mask, go to concerts and things because you come back to work and you affect so many other people. Right. I mean, I will say one time. thing that I feel so strongly about that has worked in our favor is we have we have not dropped the mask mandate for our employees um, I want to say maybe like in June, July for a little bit, we let employees take masks off. But once Delta hit, we said everybody has to wear a mask all the time at work. And we have not wavered from that. We're very, very strict about it. Um, I know it's not necessarily everybody's preference, but I do attribute that to a lot of our success with not having to close because we've never had an outbreak at work. Anybody who's gotten sick, has gotten sick outside of work, which, you know, is just inevitable for some people. Um, but it has made things a little bit easier, I think, for us. I hope at some point this year we'll be able to get rid of it. But, you know, everybody's pretty used to it now. Mm -hmm. So, Jen, what happens every time I want to take the mask away? I say no. <laughs> and somebody inevitably gets it later. Like, I just, I've been super anti, let's not, mostly, and I, I I just, because I know our staff and, and they're great, but they all hang out with each other. Like they're all besties. They all go to like the same Titans game or the same party or the same bar, or the same, whatever. And I'm like, if one of them gets it, everybody's going to get it. Um, and I just don't hang out with anybody. So it's not even like, like, I'm just such a homebody. Like you were like, this is not anyone's idea of the beach. I'm like, I bet it's mine. Like <laughs> I want to be in a scenic area, just not in the scenic, you know? Um, she's a homebody. Yeah, totally. So Anyway, every time he's like, maybe the kids are going down, no mass. I'm like, mm -mm. I mean, at this point, it's, you know, listen, we're always putting health and safety first. I feel like we have always done that this whole time. You know, we've followed every CDC guideline. That's kind of our policy at work is whatever the CDC is saying. Um, but, you know, at this point, it's, it's as much of a business decision as anything, I think to, you know, say, hey, we have to try and mitigate closed days due to lack of staff. So that's, and that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, when you have to close the restaurant, nobody makes money. I mean, exactly. Kitchen we, in front of the house. Do, sorry, wait, I was gonna say we do have some sick pay. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of as much as we can offer. It's not a ton of sick pay. Um, it's not government but, sponsored like it was. Right. It's, 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 it's definitely challenging for our team. So we want to you know, not close as much as possible. Um, I did though, I'll mention, um, you know, we've shared with our staff and for anybody else who may be listening, I got an email from Giving Kitchen this week saying, hey, we saw you were closed a few days. 
Um, we have special COVID relief for any employees who are out sick. So for any restaurant, food service worker, anywhere who has been affected by COVID, um, giving, please visit the Giving Kitchen because they have rent relief, they have utility bill relief, um, all sorts of help for restaurant employees who have COVID work, which is a lot right now, unfortunately. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Well, Caroline, I listened yesterday. I took some time and I listened to the last time we were on the show and it was in July, July 5th of 2020. Oh boy. You and Tony came on the show and I feel like that was 11 years ago. I, that really does feel like a different lifetime, doesn't it? It's um, well, one, because that's the first time I like actually got to talk to you guys ever. Like it was like we were meeting each other live on the show yes had we met in person yet then? no no okay. we had not like i came okay. to the restaurant a couple days later just to kind of chat yes, with you and, then and we meet had you coffee i remember that and like i feel like i've known you so much over we probably had what 100 conversations and then there was um there was like 24 straight episodes where i referenced you or tony <laughs> thank was you that, i think that was right like it was me and uh delia were kept doing shows like you know, Caroline and Tony, Caroline and Tony, Caroline and Tony. And then you guys have just, since that day, I want to go back a little bit. We had, I got so many comments from when you guys were on the show, when you guys had the realization, um, you, you had, we went into quarantine and you guys got home and you said, we're not happy. We're not happy with the amount of time we're spending. You, went to, you said you went to Charleston and you had a, bad time like it wasn't fun mm -hmm. because we were there and we just were anxious and nothing was right and you you decided we were going to change everything and you came up with this priorities list that you're going to have going forward and you changed the way in which you led and i was so impressed by that and you said we're reopening here now as a fast casual kind of a concept limiting the amount of touches uh we're going to a tip pool where all of our servers are, are shared. The whole restaurant is now on this like tip credit and back of the house is making more, but front of the house now can work kitchen shifts and all these amazing things. And since that day, since we talked in July, I feel like there's been a hundred more things that you've been involved with. Can you catch us up on, on <laughs> some of the, what wow. have you been up to? And let's break some of it down and just talk about it. Cause I know that you, have been tirelessly working for this community and I'll thank you in advance. Well, thank you for your very nice words. I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I do feel like a lot of my time last year um, was, was spent devoted to um, Action for Hospitality, which, um, you know, I was in a leadership role alongside um, some wonderful ladies, uh, Marsha Masulia, Diana Barton, and uh, Jordan Farrell, um, all were in leadership roles alongside me. Um, and we, it, it was hard. I feel like we tried to get a lot of things done. You know, we had lots of successes and lots of failures too. Um, kind of the the last big effort I feel like we were making was to advocate for employees getting vaccines. Um, you know, if you take it all the way back to this time last year, which truly feels like 100 years ago, um, what we were doing was 
we found out that every state in the United States, with the exception of four states, were following the CDC recommended guideline for a vaccine rollout. Well, guess what was one of the four states that said, <laughs> that said, we're going to make up our own rules and we're going to make, you know, do our we're own. We're going to mess it up. So the original plan that Tennessee came up with, the vaccine rollout for restaurant employees, there was, there was no category for restaurant employees or as it was defined by the CDC, essential workers. Um, that was a phase two for the national plan and was a phase general population for Tennessee. So essentially, once the vaccines are open to everyone in the general population, that's when essential workers, restaurant, grocery, food service can get their vaccines. Um, we really did a lot of digging and research and trying to figure out why that may be. That didn't make sense to any of us. Um, and the answer that we got essentially, um, you know, I won't name names, but the answer we got from the decision makers was that restaurants have been operating safely this entire time. And if we say that restaurant workers need to get vaccinated, then we're going back on everything we've been saying last year, which is that restaurants can operate safely. So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, it's such backwards logic to me. Basically, they were saying, hey, we'll have egg on our face if we now say restaurant workers deserve to get vaccinated because we've been saying, oh, restaurants are no problem. It's fine. We can all operate safely. So I felt like a real kind of slap in the face after after a hard year. Um, yeah. Fortunately, you know, it came to politics that. Uh, yeah. It, ridiculous. Um, but, you know, it really let me know how our leaders feel about me as a restaurant employee, as a restaurant owner, about my staff, my team, my my peers. Um, very disappointing. Did you learn anything about the whole politics of all this stuff? Like did you did your did your skin get tougher? Are you are you I was a president of my uh HOA one time. There's <laughs> no no bearing to anything you're talking about, but just like Everybody in every section of the neighborhood all wanted to lobby for their own needs. Sure. We have a green space here and we want this and we don't have that, but we want a dog park and we want a pool and we want this. There's like all this, there's like 300 houses, this place. And you kind of had to make decisions based upon every single person, what was best for the greater good. But it taught me a lot about how politics works and some of the pressure these people are under. Anything you can take out of that experience that made you stronger or better or more jaded? Um, you know, I am somebody who, you know, I feel like, first of all, when I, when I agreed to take on a leadership role with Action for Hospitality, I really made a resolve to myself that I was going to act in, in what I thought was the interest of the group. And I definitely had moments where what I was hearing from the group was different than my own opinion on certain things. Um, but that's what I went with. You know, I really, I, I'm somebody who I'm, I'm probably too much of an optimist, but I've always been very interested in politics. I've always been very up to date on politics ever since I was younger. It's always been an interest of mine. And I, you know, am somebody who kind of believes that, that things are supposed to work a certain way and, you know, they definitely don't work that way, but I kind of took that optimism with me of, hey, here's how it's supposed to be done, so here's how I'm going to do it. Um, 
I. That's difficult to do. It, it was and it wasn't. Um, it wasn't because it just, I don't know. It made me feel like I was doing the right thing. I don't, I'm somebody who I get anxiety about like getting in trouble. Or I'm going to do the wrong thing. I don't know why. I just have like a, I was born with a guilty conscience. Um, so to me, I, I, I wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing. I didn't ever want somebody to come back to me and say, Hey, we told you this, but you did this instead. You know, I never wanted to be that person who felt like I was going behind the back of people that I agreed to represent and, you know, try to my own interests. Um, you know, unfortunately, the thing that I really learned is that there, you know, this is probably no shock to anyone, but there's just so much kind of rubbing of elbows and who's friends with who and who's in with this person and who's in with that person at the state level um, that there are some really, really, really old and entrenched systems that have to be dismantled before anything will change. I'm not the person to do that. I wish I was. Maybe if I was independently wealthy and didn't have a business to run, I'd take that on. Um, but It'd be fun. <laughs> it would be fun. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's quite distasteful, all of it. It, it really so is. She referenced that you did that in the almost in the past tense. Action Tennessee Action for Hospitality. Where do they stand today? So, over the summer, Tennessee Action for Hospitality combined forces with Giving Kitchen, who I mentioned earlier. Of course, they have to plug Giving Kitchen. Um, but we got to a point where we felt like what we had been working on had come to an end, not come to an end, but was transitioning into something different. Um, everybody who was super involved in leadership roles, especially myself, um, was starting to get busy again with our businesses. We were no longer able to take things on to be as effective as we'd like to be. Um, you know, I think that there will always still be a place for our network of Action for Hospitality. A lot of the people who um, were very involved with Action for Hospitality have now stepped up to be great advocates for Giving Kitchen specifically. Uh, Marsha Masulia is um, is now working with Giving Kitchen. Um, and we felt like the network that we had and the fundraising we did would, would best be allocated to Giving Kitchen. And they really have stepped up to the plate. They've stayed in touch with me a lot, even though I have completely stepped down. I am no longer, you know, involved in any sort of official capacity other than just being a great cheerleader for Giving Kitchen all the time. Um, but but they're already in our community. They're already doing work. Like I said, they just they said, hey, we saw on Instagram that you were closed. How can we help? Um, they're here and, and they're making it happen. So that's awesome. We're we are big fans of the Giving Kitchen here and try and promote them much as I can, because they're, um, when I first started this thing, I really wanted to figure out some nonprofit arm of Nashville Restaurant Radio, where we could continue to help people in the industry. And uh, they're doing that. And they're amazing. And now Big Table has come to town, too. Are you familiar with them? Oh, no, I'm not. Big Table is here. Jen can tell you yeah. a little bit about them. They're incredible. They uh, started on the West Coast, so we're their first like non-West city and they said they chose Nashville because they saw that Nashville had just this like heart for giving to each other especially after the 2020 tornado and everything that's happened in Nashville proper the bombing all of that and so 
anyway, what they do is um, they take recommendations of people. So like you can say, hey, there, I have an employee or my friend is in the restaurant industry and they're really struggling with X, Y, or Z. And then they find ways to help that individual and like really build relationships. Um, so they do. And then every, what is it? Every quarter they do like a big dinner, or maybe two times a year. It's either two or four times a year. They do like a big dinner and it's a big table. It's, I mean, bigger than you think. Like we both had an idea. Well, 45 of, people. Yeah. Oh, we had an idea of like how large it was. And then we were able to go to the last one in December and it's, it's massive. And so, you know, it was, it was just really cool. It's a lot of people that they helped and then people that, you know, want to help that want to help the organization. And it's, it's really impressive. And the guy that started it, Kevin was not in the industry. He just noticed he kind of saw like the least of these, I guess, in restaurants. And they were like, well, who helps you? And it's like, well, this bartender helps me when I need to get to work. And well, who helps the bartender? Well, the pastry chef when he needs to, you know, and it, they were like, okay, so this is just happening within the community. How can we help the community? Mm -hmm. Which I think was such a cool goal. And so we're big fans of theirs. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look them up. There's, yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, I feel pretty darn fortunate here in Nashville to have two companies, two mm -hmm. nonprofits in town that work, they work together almost mm -hmm. in tandem. So they can go check out the Giving Kitchen or here or there. And it, it, they're, they're great. Well, there's um, also so, Core. Hold on. There's also Core, which I like love mentioning because okay. I have kids and it's children of restaurant employees. So it's people that, if, you know, whether or not they're legal or not, which is a big thing too, is they'll help the kids. So if the parents are going through, maybe they're going whatever. through chemo, yeah, whatever, or the kids are going through that, they're there to help the kids in that. And I used to volunteer with them and they're also incredible. So that's another one. We've got a lot in Nashville that's like really here to help. So. Good things come out of a pandemic sometimes. You know, one of my favorite things to come out of a pandemic, coal-fired bagels. <laughs> uh, that's that's probably one of my favorite things, too. I, Tell I us how that happened. Because when last time we talked, there was no such thing as Nikki's coal-fired bagels. How did this come about? So um, there is a guy named Rob Kane. Uh, Rob was the founder and one of the owners of Bare Naked Bagel, which was a business in Nashville several years ago. They started as a food truck and then they had a brick and mortar for a little while in Midtown. Um, and Tony and I were always huge, huge fans of Bare Naked Bagel. We didn't know them at all, but just we would, you know, anytime we saw their truck around at the farmer's market, we would go to their store in Hillsborough Village. Um, we just thought they had the best bagels. We were obsessed. Uh, Sadly, they closed shortly after they closed. Uh, we were hiring a prep cook and Rob reached out to us and said, hey, I just, you know, left my business, but I'm looking for something part time. You know, I think he was looking to maybe decompress a little bit, which I completely understand. I would love a chance to decompress from my business and just work part time sometimes. Um, so Rob came in and we said, hey, we know who you are. We love your bagels. Would you try making bagels here and bake them in our pizza oven just for fun to see what that would look like? Well, this was at the end of February of 2020. And we ran a few test runs and we said, those are delicious. And then, of course, we all know what happened next. So when we reopened and decided we were going to do this fast casual model, that didn't really, it didn't make sense for our brunch service. Um, and quite frankly, our brunch service was something that we always struggled with. I don't feel like an Italian restaurant, a pizzeria is really a, a 
always going to be a smash for brunch. You know, it's just not something you think of for brunch. And we've tried a few different iterations of our menu, and it was always impossible to staff. And I feel like we were always just breaking even on brunch, and it just really didn't make sense. So we thought, hey, what if we open a bagel shop? It's super easy. We can run it with two people, you know, um, let's sell bagels to go. You know, everybody's doing to go food at that time, you know, pick up pantry food, that sort of thing when we were trying everything during the pandemic. Um, and that's that's really where it came from. Um, we did a couple of pop-up shops. Um, our longest running pop-up was in 12 South. We did that for a little over a year in the insert shop here space. Um, uh, and then Jeremy just, Barlow. Yes, we love Jeremy. He was so good to us over the last year to share his space with us. He's such a great guy. Um, he did a uh, he did a pop up uh, sled shop this week. He did. Severe Park was doing you know all the people sledding in Severe Park, and he opened up a, a ski lodge type thing. He's like, hey, I'm doing tomato tomato soup and sandwiches and cold beer. Come by, pick them up while you're sledding. Love it. A pre sled shop, I think, it was, but he did like a whole. While you're out snow snow skiing or sledding, come by. I'll make you sandwiches. I, I just love that guy. That's so fun. I love, and he does a ton of that. He's just kind of like sometimes he'll wake up one day and be like, "Let's make chocolate chip cookies and sell them," you know. Um, <laughs> and his rice cream concept is really cool and really delicious. If you haven't been, you've got to go check it out. I haven't um, been, but I do need to go. But yeah, things just started to really ramp up for us at the end of the year at Mickey's, and we just decided it would be best to kind of allocate all of our resources to what's happening actually in in the building, in the nations. Um, so we're doing a bagel shop. Um, it's kind of replaced our brunch service at Nikki's permanently. It's every Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 1. We've expanded the menu a little bit beyond bagels, so there's a few other things. Uh, we got the bar open. Uh, it's actually open as we're talking right now. But I'm not there, so <laughs> it's open on Monday morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess everybody knows this is recorded on Sunday. The show comes out Sunday night, so there you go. So Saturday and Sundays, you can get bagels at Nikki's Coal Fired Bagel Shop, which That's is right. replacing your brunch. That's right. I watched a YouTube, so like I love YouTube and TikTok. I like getting these crazy worlds with them. And I got in Bagel Talk somehow. And uh, I know it's a weird place. And uh, they were talking about like the water, how the water is like the thing. Um, and how there's a bakery in LA that's like bringing in water from Manhattan to make Manhattan style bagels. So I've heard that, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like somebody told me that H&H Bagels in Midtown brings in water from New Jersey to make their bagels. Wild. That's I, so don't, wild. I don't know if they do. Maybe I made that up, but I feel like somebody told me that. I just that love is, that commitment. It's quite a commitment. We, we use good old Nashville's best. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we think it's wonderful. <laughs> Cumberland Punch, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, you got, you know, we have Nashville hot chicken. Um, Edley's Barbecue is now doing Nashville, st Nashville style barbecue. Um, yeah. They want to have like their own Nashville, Memphis style can. They want Nashville style barbecue. That's what they're cool. doing. You could do Nashville style coal fired bagels. I mean, I do feel like Nashville has quite the budding bagel scene over the last year. We have a lot of people making bagels, a lot of really good bagels out there. Okay, um, what is your favorite bagel that is not a Nikki's coal-fired bagel? In Nashville? And we're going to leave you with that T.
tease while we take a break to continue the conversation about 2022 and you turning over a new leaf. One of the companies that will help you every single day is What Chefs Want. And while they continue to grow and add more product lines and cities, one thing that remains true is that they still remain small in the world of they want to focus on independently owned and operated restaurants and how they can help you. I mean, it's in their name. They are what chefs want. So they're delivering seven days a week. They have no minimums. So you can order one avocado if that's what you need. They want to be there to help you. They have 24-7 support. So it's not a, you must call me before four o'clock. You 24-7, that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They are here for you. They have an amazingly diverse lineup. Every chef in this city knows if you want the stuff that's tough to find and you want it next day, you call what chefs want. So they are here for you. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click on the What Chefs Want tab, and start sign up an account. Get going right now. It's 2022. What are you waiting on? The other company I want to tell you about is another fantastic local company, Aaron Moso and everybody over at Sharpier's Bakery. Guys, if you're looking for local bakery who can deliver to you every single day, the, this is the company. 36 years they have been delivering fresh baked bread and desserts to you, to the back door of your restaurants. Same thing, guys. Go check them out, sharpies.com, where you can see a list of all the different breads. It's over 200 breads that they're making right now. Or go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Click the Sponsors tab again. You can find all of these amazing companies that sponsor this show. Again, we do not take $1 from restaurants. We want to support the restaurants out there. And these are the companies that want to support you. So there's four. Supersource, Cytex, What Chefs Want, and Sharpier's Bakery. That is, a, that is a heck of a foursome for you to start off 2022. Get with these companies and let's start a profitable new year. Uh, definitely Bagel Shop downtown. Those guys are great. They make really delicious bagels, super fun sandwiches, just the nicest, nicest people. Um, and they're, they're good bagel friends of ours. So I love it. I'm not eating my own bagels, which is rare. I'm, I'm eating definitely eating a uh the bagel shop bagel shop bagel where is the bagel shop i'm there well, it's in the fairlane hotel um oh. it's in the lobby of the fairlane hotel it's actually quite a beautiful um lobby and and shop area that they have as well so if you're looking for and i believe they're open um every day during the week so don't quote me on that but look at their instagram and, and pay them a visit if you haven't nice so what have you done in your restaurant to make it, you said you're just blowing up over there and you had to focus all of your resources to it. What do you attribute that to? What's, do you think it's just that the town is back? And I, I think that for us, there's three, three things that I'm going to attribute it to right now. One is um, we have been waiting for such a long time for the nations to, to finally get there. Um, and, Five years in, we're still not there yet, um, but we do feel closer than ever to whatever there is. <laughs> um, you know, Bringle Smoking Oasis just opened. They're great neighbors, bringing a lot of wonderful attention to the neighborhood. 
Jenny's Ice Cream opened earlier this year, which I feel like is a kind of a, you know, marker of things to come, hopefully. Um, it just, there's, there's starting to be more of an energy in the neighborhood that feels like what we've been waiting for. Um, so that's part of it. Um, another part is that we were on an episode of Diner Strivens and Dives at the end of November. Ooh, tell me about that. Mid-November. Um, so we definitely saw a lot of business from that. And then the so, main so reason- she was on it too. Yeah. Yeah, my husband and I own Soy Bistro. It's in Brentwood. Oh yes, that's right. Oh my gosh. Did you film the same times we filmed? We filmed in like August. Okay, so they couldn't tell us like who else they were gonna go see. And they gave us like a they were like blah 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 chicken. And I still don't know what chicken place they went to. So my understanding is that while they were here, they were doing like a huge blowout of filming. They were filming like eight places in Nashville, but they were also filming the show. Guys are three games. No, it was um guys, guys chance, guys big chance. Yes, where they get, but they did an episode of Guys Grocery Games too in Spring Hill because they were talking about how like we're in Brentwood and that was like really far. They were like, oh, oh my gosh, you guys are so far from everything else that we're doing. Oh, interesting. And then uh, they were like, but we're going to Spring Hill. Is that close by? And I was like, no. It is, <laughs> it is not. <laughs> so we ended up not being the furthest. But yeah, that's Got great. I, I didn't actually see your episode. So now I'm going to go back and watch it. Please go watch us. Yes. Yeah. Um, a, you had a watch party at your place. We did have a watch party. It was it was bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually... Out of that night, we kind of made some major retooling to our front of house operations, mm-hmm. um, which I'm grateful for because then the third thing that I'm attributing being so busy to is in December, we did a Christmas pop-up called St. Nicky's. Yes. And we did crazy Christmas decorations. And I really underestimated what a Christmas pop-up will do for your business. We broke sales records every single day for 10 days in a row in December. It was bananas. <laughs> I'm talking like all-time history of the restaurant sales records. That's we were numbers that we've only done before on New Year's Eve. Like it was crazy. It was That's wonderful, awesome. but it was crazy. Um, so... Now I don't know what to expect in January, um, but I do feel like we're very set up for success going into the new year. I think we, um, as a team, because we were so busy and so slammed every day in December, I think as a team, we've gotten so much better. I think we've really refined operations. I think we've really kind of um, been able to hone in on the very, very best to operate. I'm somebody who I feel like you're like this too, Brayden. I get really obsessive about, okay, here's this thing and here's how we're doing it. It works. But is there a way to like really, really laser focus and make it even better? And then once we get it focused, how do we make it even better than that? You know, I get a little crazy about those things. So I feel like we were able to do a lot of that in December, um, which feels like going into the new year. Um, yeah. I even No matter how great this shift is, like even if it's like, wow, we had a thirty thousand dollar night, and it was great. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give attaboys and high fives, and I'm gonna be the guy that's like, guys, we killed it. However, 
I feel like our execution could have been better at this, 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 this. I want to end every day a little bit better than I was the day before. Totally. And I think, and I, I need, one of my things I'm challenging myself to do is to stop doing that as so much and be in the moment and let people know who put together a really big, massive effort that they did a fantastic job. I don't want to be the guy that's like, yay. Okay. Now get back to work. Like I want to be the sure. guy that's able to celebrate those moments and be like, wow, you really went above and beyond what you did today for those tables and everything in the building. I just want to give high fives, but also how do we get better? How do we get better than what that was? And I think it's that, that kind of sets you apart in somebody. You never sit there and go, oh, well, we did great. Let's just stay right here. Then we'll be good. Because then you take your pedal, your foot off the gas. And before you know it, you're coasting and you fall asleep. And mm -hmm. what happened? Where did we go off track? Like we let our foot off the gas. We, I don't know. That That's my thing. I'm sure you're probably like I that think, too. I think for me too, a big part of that, like, hey, how can we like really dial this thing in has also for us, particularly with, you know, having now a year under our belt of this new operating model of where is it okay to let go of focus on certain things that maybe we would have been focused on before? Where is it okay? You know, I feel like some of it has for me, because prior to Nikki's, my work history really is more of a fine dining background. I, quite frankly, if I was applying for a front of house job today, I'd be a lot more comfortable at Mirabal's than I would at Nikki's. Uh, mm -hmm. just, that's my personal wheelhouse. Um, so for me, there were a lot of things that I had to let go of and say, if a customer is going to be disappointed about this thing, then that just has to be okay. For example, you know, we have some people that were really great regulars of Nikki's before, and now we still see them from time to time, but not as much. And it's because they've expressed to us, they do not like the service model. And I have to be okay with that because I can't do things differently to please just one person. Um, or, you know, last weekend, I know we had a customer come in for brunch and we only have our front dining room open for brunch. And it's so we can have minimal staff there. And, you know, hopefully one day it's enough to have both dining rooms open, but it's just not right now. And there was a guy who came in and he was really bent out of shape because he wanted to sit in the big dining room. In the past, I may have accommodated that and said, well, of course, sir, whatever you want, go in there, you know, let me set you up, let me take care of it. And we said no, and just had to let him be disappointed about that. You know, there's, there's certain things if we want to be just kind of running on autopilot in a really great way that we, that we just have to let go of. You know, um, you mentioned Edley's earlier, Will from Edley's is somebody who, before we switched over to this model, was, was generous enough to give me some of his time um, to have a conversation with him about their model. Um, because I knew that that's how I wanted to do it was, you know, that experience when I go into Edley's, I thought that they did a really nice job of, of being very consistent with that experience. Um, and he gave me some good advice, you know, and, and some of those questions I asked him were, well, what if there's a line out the door and it's raining? And he said, you know, essentially I'm paraphrasing, but basically people can see it's raining and that there's a line out the door and then they have a decision to make. You know, yeah. it's not up to me. I can't control the weather. I can't make my room bigger. You know, things like that. Yeah. I, he, 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 oh, go ahead, John. No, you go ahead. No, you. you. I, I was just going to say, I so I live in the reviews world. Like, I do the marketing, all that. And so I live in reviews, and I see all of these 
And there are certain ones, like I was in a mood the other day and reading one and I was like, I can't respond to this right now um, because it came out snarky. But there are certain things that I have truly just stopped responding about because I can't, it's not a controllable thing and it's not at any point constructive feedback then. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if you don't like the decor of our restaurant, you do not have to come here. But I am absolutely not going to change the wallpaper because John doesn't like it. Like, right. And I think what's hard, you know, you mentioned earlier, like the way, just the transition, the vaccine rollout, what they did for essential workers. And I feel specifically right now with hospital staff and then restaurants, we were all regarded as heroes as this like essential worker. Thank you so much for coming in. And now it's gone back to, I think what it was before of like, well, why aren't you catering to me? Why aren't you doing this for me? And it's it, that attitude. I mean, I read all these things that horrible things that hospital workers are now going through where this woman like spit on a nurse because she wasn't vaxxed. And this woman was like, I'm so sorry. Like you have to wear a mask. You know what I mean? And you read stories like that and it just gets, it's like, no, no, we were your heroes 12 months ago. We came to work for you to make sh- to make you comfortable, to give you a sense of normalcy. So now that like me attitude, how do you not live there? Because I, you said you're like, you're naturally pretty optimistic and I, I'm an Enneagram four, I'm not. Um, and I just like can sometimes live in that world of like, this is too much negativity all at once. Yeah. Not I mean, for so me, bad. setting boundaries has been everything these last few months. You know, I kicked two people out of the restaurant at the front door last month because they were very rude to me. And these are people that I probably would have tried to appease in the past, but listen, I'm making it sound a lot easier than it is. I was internally like just having a meltdown. However, I've set a boundary with myself that this is my restaurant. This is my home. If there's this big global conversation about, you know, restaurant employees deserve to have certain work conditions where they're treated well, they're treated with kindness and respect. That's not just for employees. It's for owners and managers as well. And that includes me. I deserve to be in a workspace where I'm not treated poorly, where I'm not subject to abuse from customers just as much as anyone else. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes into the door and right off the bat is using rude, abusive language, is trying to get in my personal space because they can't have their way and they want to throw a temper tantrum, then I don't have a space for you. That's somebody who probably would have tried to make happy and accommodate in the past. And and I don't do that anymore. Listen, people are going to be snappy sometimes. Not everybody's that friendly um, every time they come in the door. And that's fine. We put up with that. But but there's a line that it crosses. And when it crosses that line, then you got to go. So I, I was so impressed going back to our first interview. Um, you guys made a decision so that you always, you know, we didn't really discern what what your politics were or who you were. We, your, your dollar counted in here like it, you just come on in and eat. And over the pandemic and through this election cycle, you kind of made a, a decision that you were going to stand up for who we are and we're going to stand up for our people do the right thing. And I think that that changed a lot for you in your mind. I think that when, when that kind of worked, when you said, I'm going to not only stand up for myself, but I'm going to stand up for others who can't necessarily stand up for themselves. And that's who we are. And if you don't like that, don't fucking eat here. And I thought that was an amazing moment. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like Tony and I have ever been super private about our personal beliefs about things, but you know, they're all, they're, 
is that conversation about as a business owner, how political do you want to be? And I think that there's a difference between showing showing your politics and being exclusionary and showing your politics and being inclusive inclusive. And I think that our our personal values are very inclusive. And if there's someone who doesn't agree with that and they're offended by that, then I, I can't help you. You know, with that said, I will say particularly after Triple D aired, we got a lot of new customers and, you know, you can just tell by the t-shirts that people are wearing or the things on people's hats, what side of the aisle they're probably on. Um, but I welcome those customers as much as I welcome anyone. You know, I don't really care for the message that's on your hat. Perhaps it doesn't align with my personal values. Um, and you may not agree with the trans pride flag that we fly at our front door, but you know, if you can come in here and be respectful to me and to my team members, that's the key. And then I'm going to treat you with respect. It's, it's got to be, I think for too long in the industry, it was kind of a, a one-way street. It's got to be a, an agreement. We've got to work together here. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's, it's a pizzeria. None of this should be that controversial. None of this should be that serious. <laughs> come in, eat some pizza. Let's have a good time and go home. <laughs> yeah. We struggle with that too. We are, um, we meaning soy bistro because we're also fast casual. Like you come in and you order at the counter and we're our front of house is all high school kids. That's mm -hmm. it. Like that's that. And then like my mom works there too. <laughs> that's it. So, you know, if somebody does get rude to, especially like a high school kid who's like here after school, like this is not, this is likely not their career. They're just, it's a good place for kids to work. My husband is quick, quick to be like, no, no, yeah. absolutely not. And he's very vocal about that. And that's triple D has been like, a huge blessing. And then also there's a lot of new that comes with it. Cause it isn't our regulars. It isn't these kids' parents anymore. Right. It isn't just the Brentwood community. It's a whole new community that doesn't know us and doesn't know who we are. And, and yeah, that's, it's, it's a transition for sure. And it's like I said, a huge blessing, but even online, it's a totally different world with who's following us now and, and things we post, we have to be like more aware of, because there's more people seeing sure. it. I mean, I think there's a great way to be an example too. Listen, mm -hmm. I might I might sound like a liberal asshole for saying this. Can I I can swear on here? Can I yeah. swear? Fuck yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we have some people that I know are coming from surrounding counties, from surrounding mm -hmm. communities to visit Nikki's since we aired on Triple D. And mm -hmm. perhaps, you know, there's rest the restaurants in their communities, the places they're used to going don't display their politics, you know, don't have so much visibility about, you know, different communities that they are in support of. So if they can, maybe in their mind, that's, you know, something that's, that's monstrous or scary, or, you know, they just haven't been that exposed to. And if they can come to my restaurant and see all of these things that, you know, maybe in their mind, they don't agree with, but then they have such a great experience and see how nice and wonderful we are. You know, yeah. maybe that's a, maybe that's a little wedge to change somebody's mind about something. Yeah. Is, let me ask you, you used a, a, com, a word there. Is having like a pride flag at your front door, is that politics or is that just humanity? I, mean, I don't, I don't know. Not, to me, that's not political at all. I don't it, feel like that it, should be a, a political statement. No. That's just saying 
we're good humans and we care about everybody and we're we're proud of that and we want anybody who might not feel included everywhere to know that this is a safe place for you and we, we we're welcoming you that's not a hey look i'm liberal or hey i'm this that's saying i'm a human who recognizes other humans and you're welcome here like that's and that it, it, you're right it's not it's not to me it's not political it has been politicized yes um you know i also want to be careful about you know I think that sometimes people can interpret things like that as performative. And for us, the reason that we display those flags is because for, for a few reasons, one, we have queer community of employees. Um, you know, we have customers, we have lots of people who visit us that feel safe, that feel happy, that feel more comfortable in our environment when they see those flags, when they see those things displayed. The other thing is, unfortunately, our state has politicized those things, particularly with the nonsense over the bathroom bills um, that our governor is trying to pull. So it's very important for us that if people in the trans community are coming to Nikki's, that they see those flags and they know this is not a place where anyone working here, at least, is going to make me feel uncomfortable in a public space, which I think is, is really, really important. Yeah. And the bare minimum, right? Like, I mean, it's right. the bare minimum is somebody's not going to be mean to you for what you look like. And yeah, yeah. Who you are, yeah. Or for who you, are mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, that's something that Tony and I both feel really strongly about. Yeah. Well, all right. What, so what, am, really I miss, what am I missing, Caroline? What am I missing? What else you got going on? Anything fun? Um, we are um, personal milestones anything really neat that we need to cover i mean i hope it's not another year and a half before you come back on the show but i hope so too um yeah. wow i mean do you have any breaking news that we can announce right now on this show ooh, breaking news i don't know i mean is there a I second say, location coming soon um not imminently but you know tony and i definitely have a goal for this year that we want to be working on new projects you know we we have a couple of ideas for things that that we'd like to pursue that you know that's kind of our goal for 2020 i think that we needed the last couple of years to hit reset you know and and get things running well with nikki's by no means are we out of this pandemic at all but i do feel like we're starting to see the light at the end of the time that it hasn't previously so we feel like this is a year that all of the work we've put into having things running smoothly and this is going to pay off and and we can start to focus our attention on some new projects so we're excited and, and hopeful who knows what the year holds um you know that's that's kind of it i wish i had something more fun or exciting to tell you guys but i'm <laughs> stuck in covid quarantine <laughs> you know what just the fact that um you're you're happy healthy and you're doing all right and uh you and tony are doing your thing you had a wonderful holiday season that's that's awesome the work that you've done with action for hospitality for this community is um is to be commended the amount i know that that took a ton of time and energy i don't think people realize that that's volunteer work you know people a lot of people say eat local or support like when you put your money where your mouth is, when you, you when you walk the talk, when you spend the amount of time that you spent 
working for something that doesn't necessarily just benefit you. It's benefiting the entire community. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just huge. And uh, I, I think that we're a lucky town to get you guys here from Chicago and you decide to stay. And I love that you got roots here now and um, we can look forward to a, a, wonderful future with the Galsons here in our city. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Jen, anything else you want to touch on? No, I, um, I have to go to Nikki's. I actually haven't been yet. Like I said, I never go anywhere. I <laughs> well, listen, I haven't been to soy bistro either, but I have to tell you, we have some good friends in Brentwood and they rave about you every chance that they get. So we need to, yeah, let's, we'll let's go together. We'll go to yours, and then you can come with us back to Brentwood. Perfect. <laughs> I I have to admit that I tried to go to Nikki's uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, I felt and, so bad. <laughs> oh, remember I was dropping off those toys. Remember I was dropping off toys. You guys yeah. had a family that lost, and we brought some of my kids. My poor, my sweet children. They, They're so sweet. Mm -hmm. There was a family that had our house burned down. Um, close to them over there and they were saying bring some toys and the, the these kids were an angel tree family and they lost all of those presents also really sad it was like fire. we so we do an angel tree with cockerel school which is uh elementary school in the nations we've gotten really friendly with their school counselor and we take every opportunity we can to to work with them um, so we do an angel tree every year for Christmas. And it was like four days after everyone had done the angel tree gift drop off. This poor family uh, had a, a fire and lost everything. It was quite sad. And you and your very sweet kids brought by some. Bakugans. Bak oh, Beyblades? Is it a Beyblade? No, they were. They were Beyblades. That's I what which was. I found out what that was. I thought Beyblades were rollerblades. Yeah. <laughs> No, Beyblades are these little, like, they're like a top, like a spinning yeah. top. And there's these little fun. things. You pull them and then they spin and they have battles. There's like three different sections of them. You can mix and match them and you put them together. And there's like a big, it's like a bucket, like a bus tub. But you put them in and they battle back and forth. And when one of them breaks apart or dies, the other one wins. My kids are really big into it. But when I was reading your stories and they were in the room, it said that they needed, there's an 11-year-old and whatever, went through the different kids and what they need. And one of them was Beyblades. And I was like, hey, boys, there's a family that lost all of their toys, lost their house, lost everything. And one of the kids really wants Beyblades. And they both went to their room. And they they have a ton of Beyblades. They're, they're pretty blessed children. And they came in and they just started going through all their Beyblades. I'm like, well, Dad, can we give them these? Can we give them these? Can we give them these? And they That's went through the right. whole thing. And I was just sitting there and I was like, oh, my God. Like, my heart was just like. I was, I was I was proud, but I was also just like, they're just so sweet, these children. And so we were like, yeah, we'll give them to them. So we were going to go take some over there and we got some, you know, other little things for them. And we were going to eat at Nikki's. But there was an hour and a half wait. Well, like, and you, and you texted me and I was stuck on Expo. And one of those moments I couldn't no. look at my phone for like two hours. I, you <laughs> you listen, guys are very sweet. I owe you a The last thing, last thing I want to do is come in and get any kind of preferential treatment. We were just, hey, if we're going to be there, we'd love to eat. But like an hour and a half. And I would never, ever say, put me to the front of the line or anything along those lines. I mean, you're, you guys were killing it. The last thing you need is some, I would be the difficult guy at the front door. Like, <laughs> Oh, we got this tall guy here who wants special treatment. Like, like no, okay, no, 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 I gotta no. pick another guy out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want that. I will come back another time. I was excited you guys were busy. We went to Rock and Dough down the street. We stayed in the Nations, went to Rock and Dough, and um, uh, one of my best friends, my childhood best friends, was waiting tables there, and he got to wait on us. 
So it's really fortuitous. We got to catch up with him and hit a really good, hit a dude playing music on stage. It was really, we had a really fun time. So nice. Well, and Caroline, but, just to you know, too, Brandon referenced St. Nicky's a lot because we were talking about like what we want to do for Mirror Bowl and it was Mary Bowls. Um, oh, smart. We yeah. are going to do it next year, the whole month. We are doing it because we decorate the house to the nines. Like, it's always Christmas. been there at Christmas before. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, every single room. And I'm like, next year, we are Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. We're going to cross it. We're going to have a new logo Mark. that says Mary Bowls. And we're going to make it a Brentwood Christmas tradition that you go mm -hmm. eat there. And I want to just be lunch, dinner, every day. This is that we had a record month. Record Amazing. month. Never in the history of the restaurant. We know we did. I go... But next year we're gonna have an e. How do you? I, that, I just can't be happy with record all time record month. I'm like, no, no, no. Next year we'll start marketing in August and we'll start. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 honestly I I can't I can't tell you how great it was for us. It was awesome. Well, it was a really cool concept, and I think a lot Thank of you. people are doing really neat things. But you guys have always been on the forefront of innovation and recognizing yeah. what's going on. And I love you. All right, so last thing we do here um, every show. You get to take us out. I do? What do I say? Yep. You say whatever Everyone. you want to say, as long as you want to say it. This is kind of your Jerry's final thought for the episode. Oh, my God. I know. We didn't, we didn't. Last time, last time we were on the show, we did a game. We played the newly oh, yeah. reopened game. Remember that? The newlywed game with you. And so we don't have that this time. So now you get to just take us out the final whatever you want to say as long as you for as long as you want to say it the uh the floor is yours you're speaking to nashville go oh my gosh okay i will just say that you know i think during the pandemic we um really stepped up as a community and even though things are hopefully going to get more back to normal this year um let's not forget how good we were to each other during that time and let's keep that kindness and goodness flowing into this new year and beyond and thank you perfect see you nailed it right there <laughs> you <do> okay <laughs> you did great caroline it was awesome catching up with you and always a pleasure thank you guys look forward to you guys all going to nikki's and going to soy bistro you got to come up dessert over at Maribel. fine we'll be there it's fun <laughs> enjoy your time at the beach hopefully your covid quarantine ends up good and you guys stay safe and healthy we look forward to a safe trip back to nashville thank you caroline happy new year again thanks guys thank happy new year thank you so much great to see you both you too all right there it is caroline galzen thank you so much for joining us on nashville restaurant radio and uh thank you the listener for listening to this episode uh, big shout out to Bagel Shop. I'm going to have to go try Bagel Shop Bagels now. Check it out. That's fantastic. Um, we are looking for recommendations. If you have somebody you'd love to have on this show, if you think you have somebody very interesting that you want to nominate to be on Nashville Restaurant Radio, Unsung Heroes is what we're looking for. We're looking for people that don't necessarily get the credit. I want to hear their story. So send me an email at brandon at nashvillerestaurantradio.com or to jen, J-E-N, at nashvillerestaurantradio.com. And we would love to uh, explore unique conversations. Jen's looking to do a kind of a side project where she's going to be interviewing some unsung, unsung heroes in our market. So 
anybody who's out there who's just really hustling, doing a hell of a job, we want to meet them. We want to share their stories. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Go tell a friend about us if you can. And uh, we hope that you guys are being safe. And uh, we love you guys. Bye.